best show. Begin now. Hello and welcome back to NXT The Next Best Show, episode 22, episode 2 of our Skype it, Skype shows from three different states. We're still all in three different states. Um, Xavier, over in Illinois, what's your shout out today? Um, I'm going to go with um, our most recent guest. I thought we should uh, give him a shout out here as well. Uh, we had a great interview with Jake Berger. We'll get we'll talk a little bit more about it later, but great guy. Um, gave us a lot of great uh, discussion, and just glad to have him on. All right, you, and then we got Nick over in Wisconsin. Nick, who's your shout-out this week? Um, maybe lots of a shout-out. Just a reminder <laughs> that the Astros are cheaters, um, no matter what happens. Right now, it's seeming like the baseball season, all sports could just be canceled indefinitely forever. True. Um, the way things just continue to, uh, and I don't know what to do. They just continue to keep going downhill. The timelines keep getting pushed back further and further. But because of that, we can't let the Astros get away with their uh, repetitive cheating. Years of it stole some championships. So that's my... i got to uh, say... The the Astros are getting very lucky that they're probably just going to have a whole season canceled right after they get in trouble yeah. for, for this. But thanks to Nick, no one will forget because he reminds you every show the Astros yep. did cheat. So whether yep. or not there's baseball, that doesn't mean the Astros aren't cheaters. All right, and then I'm over here in Iowa, and my shout-out this week goes to Britney Spears. <laughs> did you guys see this? Britney Spears yeah, I said she ran. This. She posted it on Instagram. She ran 100 meters in 5.97 seconds. That's a world record, fastest person on the planet, Britney Spears. Um, Isn't it like if a you world guys remember, Usain, <laughs> Usain Bolt, his record, the current record from Usain Bolt, 9.58 seconds. So she beat it by over four seconds. Uh, 100 meters. That's incredible. Congratulations to Britney Spears. And in no way do I think that's false at all. I think, I mean, even though it was just a picture of 5.97 seconds and then she said, I ran 100 meters, I think that's I, that's all you have to do, right? You proved it. Believe she said them. she ran 100 meters. We'll take Britney Spears at her word. Congratulations for being the world record holder. 5.97 seconds. And it was done on a treadmill. Exactly. Huh? That's got to be even harder. Tom did way better at uh, telling that story. When we talked last, I started to bring that up, and then it, like, just died right away. You guys were like, what? What? And then we didn't even, like, go on about it afterwards. But great job. I don't even remember Xavier bringing it up. So, yeah, there, there yeah, you go. Britney Spears, fastest person on the planet. All right, so as Xavier alluded to, we've got a great interview in this show with Jake Berger of the White Sox organization. Um, that'll come up later. We've got a little bit of sports to talk about. We we are finding things to talk about in the sports world somehow, even with no sports happening. Um, and then we we've all watched another movie, so we've got more more you know current event pop culture to talk about. But first, let's get started. Let's talk about the NCAA. Um, granting an additional season of eligibility for spring sport athletes um, because of the seasons were impacted by the coronavirus. Um, this news, I, I wouldn't say it's shocking. I think, I mean, maybe anytime the NCAA does something that people agree with, it's shocking, but uh, we should have expected this, and I'm glad they've done this because those student athletes that missed 
most of their season. They the spring athletes who were just starting with their season, um, they deserve another another year of eligibility. So, what do you guys have on this? Uh, the NCAA granting that eligibility. Xavier, you can go first. Oh yeah, no, I uh, glad they did. Um, I I had little I I had little doubt that it, they wouldn't get it, but with the NCAA, you just never know. I know now with them granting spring, a lot of the winter athletes are still mad that they aren't getting one, which I know we've discussed how they basically already played a full season. They they missed out on like the playoffs and the uh, the end of the year type of stuff, the March Madness. We had our school be in wrestling tournaments. And, of course, we would have liked to see them get those championships and things like that and exceed to how they wanted. But they did, at the end of the day, play their full season. Um, I guess my thoughts are pretty similar to Xavier's. Um, spring athletes didn't even get to play a season, so therefore they should be rewarded with, or not even rewarded, they should be given back the season that was taken from them. Um, once you have teams that were knocked out, this is going back to the winter sports. Once you have teams that are knocked out and their seasons are done, if for some reason it, it gets canceled, like it is now, I think it, it's, it's not, it doesn't, I don't, I don't know how to just say this without sounding like a jerk, but it doesn't hurt my feelings that it just is over. Sure. I know, not having March Madness. Right sucks, now, I was like, yeah. Hang on, what I was about to say, I'm like, okay, does this work? I think so. Yeah, maybe it's not great that three non-athletes are talking about it, but we at yeah. least under like you, you kind of have to come from you the point of play, view of like wrestling, like especially your season. Division three sports, kind of in general, they were in like wrestling was into the championship, like that was the national tournament, like wrestling. Was, Basketball was getting into the national tournament. It's like the this is different than. If you lost like regular season games, even if you lost a few regular season games, I could see more of an argument than you got to play your full regular season and then you were into the postseason. That's when you lost games. So there's no even guarantee that you could make it back to that point next year with the guys that you have. And like you don't you didn't necessarily that's not a given to anyone in the first place going to the national tournament. So if it's not a given to every team, then it shouldn't. It shouldn't impact your eligibility because someone who didn't make that tournament and there wasn't the tournament canceled, they don't get their eligibility back because that's just like how it works. So obviously it sounds like disingenuous or like athletes have a different opinion because it's like their, you know, their season, it was them, them being impacted. But for the most part, I can see where the NCAA is coming from in spring athletes getting their, their eligibility because they missed out on the part of the season that everyone is guaranteed once you get to the point where it's not guaranteed and you have to like reach a certain level to get there. That's when I can kind of start to see where, um, they don't, they don't necessarily, they don't necessarily, uh, owe athletes the, uh, the season back or the yeah. year of eligibility. In in our school's case, Loris college, it was definitely very difficult hearing the news, uh, when the season ended just because they were already at the location they were rolling around on the mats already. They were about to wrestle that night, and then it just it ended for them. It's not an easy decision whatsoever, but um, not that they made the right one. Some will say yes, but it makes sense to a lot of people. 
No, I would definitely agree with 100% of what you're saying. Yeah, and I, I feel like, I mean, I feel like there's going to be a lot of debate with this, but I think the NCAA is going to, they've kind of made their decision. Um, and they're not known for just backing down. Uh, so, right. you know, I think I think what we've seen so far is what we're going to see is that spring athletes get their eligibility for next season. Winter athletes, this was their final year. Obviously not the way you want it to end. Um, not getting the chance to play on, but there were several seniors that their season ended and they weren't going to get to play on anyway. So, you know, it, it's obviously up for debate, but I think this is the decision we're going to see going forward. Um, up next, I want to talk about, so I think we, we were talking about this before the show. We, we even mentioned we might have uh, come up with this actual idea. The NBA is planning a players-only NBA 2K tournament, so they're going to be playing NBA 2K. Um, players from each team are going to play as their team. Uh, each team was able to select which player they wanted, so I think the Bulls have Zach Levine playing. Um, pretty exciting to see that. Kevin Durant is playing for the Nets. Obvi- like each team got to choose the player they want playing um, 2K, and then I think it starts this Friday? This Friday, April 3rd. Yeah, they're going to start that tournament, so... Actually, a pretty exciting idea coming from the NBA, even though it's not, you know, real sports. We still get to see something fun. Um, we get to see athletes interacting um, and just, you know, being in the in the spotlight a little bit on ESPN. I think they're going to put it on ESPN. So it's an exciting idea. What do you guys think about this and, and uh, who do you think is going to win it all? Okay, so since it's basically was brought up already in this um, this show i think they should sponsor our show and give us some dollars so we can uh, up our programming a little bit i think it's only right uh quick rundown of who's playing kevin durant against Derek jones jr trey young versus harrison barnes hassan whiteside versus pat beverly donovan mitchell versus i'm gonna butcher this name rue achimura from and then japanese Japanese, yep uh, Devin Booker against Michael Porter Jr., Andre Drummond versus DeMarcus Cousin, Cousins, Zach Levine versus DeAndre Ayton, Montrell Harrell? Is that how you say it? Sure. Montrez, or, yeah. There's Mont- Z in there. Remember. That doesn't look like it fits. Montrez Harrell, I think. <laughs> and then like DeMontis Sabonis. Who do you guys... Who do you think's the worst at video games, and who do you think's the best out of these guys? So I think KD is actually pretty good at this. Um, I think he has a it's kind of performance enhancing, not a drug, but a performance enhancing uh situation that he's been rehabbing from surgery, so he can just kind of sit on his couch. Enhancing and, injury. Yeah, exactly. His injury enhances performance, so it's kind of cheating that he's been able to play 2K for the last like six months anyway. But um, I think. He's actually kind of good. Derek Jones Jr., though, if I had to pick anyone that could upset KD, Derek Jones Jr., he's like 21. He's like just one of the guys, you know, he's a young kid. He's probably pretty good at video games. Could be could be dangerous. So I don't know about that, but uh, I think KD could win it all just because it seems like he plays – he's been playing a lot of video games lately. Who do you think so? I guess my uh, – We'll go back. You, you say who, who's your best, and then we'll go to the worst. Um, all right, I guess I'll do my best and worst here. My best is going to be probably one of the rookies because this is the first time being in a video game, so I imagine they probably put a lot of time into it. 
True, that's um, possible. Um, my worst. It, I think that's that's like impossible to tell. Obviously, the worst players aren't even playing in this. No. So I'm guessing Boogie Cousins is not very good at video games. I was thinking if he you're just if doesn't you're truly seem an like NBA he's gonna be star, great at it. I doubt you're gonna be great at video games. It's true, but KD. I mean, he probably is good. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Well, and also the thing is, each team got to pick their best player. So I'm assuming that each of these people was like the player on their team that everyone knows, like, oh, this guy plays a lot of video right. games. Or like this guy. Although I didn't see um, Devin Booker. Is Devin Devin Booker's not in it, right? Yeah, no, he is. Oh, he is. Who does Devin Booker play? Michael Porter Jr. Okay. So Devin Booker might be my pick to win because he streams. I've watched him streaming on – he plays Call of Duty, but he streams a lot. I feel like he could actually be pretty good. So maybe okay. Devin Booker's the one I'm going to go with as the best. But, yeah, since every team is choosing their best player, I don't know if we'll see anyone that's, like, really bad. Xavier? Um, I want to say whoever has the largest fingers is going to be the worst. So – I'm guessing it's anywhere between DeMarcus Cousins, Drummond, Aiton, and Montrell Harrell. You think they're so, just going to be like pushing too many buttons at once? They're going to be me playing video games and just button smashing all day. I have big fingers. There's plenty of room in each of mm-hmm. these buttons for you to push it without hitting another so, button. These are world-class athletes. Probably. Yeah, so they're going to be even more coordinated than I am. I don't know. There's, they might have larger hands and struggle. I don't know about that. I doubt I that would be the problem. biggest problem. I don't know. Actually, the biggest problem might be if they have to play on PS4 or Xbox and they're used to the other one. Oh, yeah. 2K true. isn't a cross-platform game, so they're going to have to play mm-hmm. on the same platform. If you're a I big like PlayStation guy and you have to play on Xbox, that would be – we got to figure out that. Because I, I wonder if you can bet on these games. That would be fun. Um, I want to know what platform they're playing on and what platform each of these guys owns at home. That, I mean, are they used to it or not? That's some inside information. Yeah. So, so I just read this. The seating of this is kind of weird. They were seated by their 2K rating, followed by the tenure in the league. So that's why KD. That's weird. That just means like the player. Like, that's why KD's number one overall because he has the best 2K rating. That seems. And then do we know if they're playing with a, their team or I just like a one-on-one matchup? No, I think they play with their team. Uh, yeah, I would assume their team. A one-on-one wouldn't be that fun of a game to watch. Who knows? I don't know. It's been a while since I bought a video game here, guys. I think I last bought 2K uh, in 2013. I think Michael Jordan was on the cover. Speaking of, like, sports and video games, have you guys seen what NASCAR's done with their, like, simulation races? No, not exactly. No, but I just thought of a really good idea for this tournament. The winner should get to be on the next cover of 2K. Oh, that's... I like that. I like that a lot. Like, if you win, you get the cover of 2K. (laughs) Rather than, like, putting the best player on, you get the best 2K player on. That's... They need to talk about that. They need to figure out if that can happen because... Or they I think should get a special be, edition of themselves. Yeah, like, a special like edition, two 2K cover, and it's the one that won the NBA 2K tournament. 
Start I'm gonna beating yeah. Ronnie Two K. I'm gonna right send now. a tweet out to whoever Two K. What's that guy's name? Ronnie Ronnie Two K. I'm sending him a message right and now saying this is what you guys have to do. I E Two K. There we go. And if that idea happens, you heard it here first. Even if you heard it somewhere else first, I came up with that right here, so I want credit for it. But, like, imagine that, like, Rue Hachimura as the cover of the (laughs) NBA 2K. Or, like, the Marcus Cousins, who's technically not on the team right now, on the cover of 2K. Isn't he on the Lakers? No, he got dropped for uh, Deion Waiters. Oh, dang, I didn't even know that. Poor guy. He, like, started, he still showed up to games, like, as a fan. Oh, like, <laughs> he just, like, week. he just kept showing up on the bench, like, refuses to leave. Pretty much. <laughs> but, yeah, and then Dion Waiters, though, poor guy, he, like, got released, I'm pretty sure, from the heater, traded, and then got picked off and was in, like, great shape to play for the Lakers, and now not even going to play. That would be crazy situation. So basically, the NASCAR is being brought. It's like sim, like NASCAR simulations. So they like have these like big computer monitors like wrap around them a little bit, and they sit there with like they have like this the PlayStation like steering wheels and pedals and stuff, and they drive around in these like so they they're drive like actually NASCAR. It's on Fox amazing. on like on Sundays. You can watch them. They race like 150 laps. But it's not like a full race, but it's like close. But and it's like a one video the, game, but they're like actually yeah. simulating. That's wild. Yeah. And there's judges and there's like a totally different set of rules. Like one of the guys intentionally crashed one of the other guys last time and they just kicked him out. <laughs> it was awesome. His car just disappears. Yeah. They just, they just removed them from the race. And there's also like one other rule that I thought was like super weird was if you completely wreck your car, you get one reset. Dang. So your your car can be like totaled. You just hit a button and your car resets. You drive into the pits, hit a button, your car resets. You get one per per race. So these guys like drive around like idiots sometimes and just like intentionally crash people. It was it's pretty funny to watch. They obviously don't take it very seriously. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure during That's the first they're not being first, offered a 2K cover if they win. Yeah, actually. <laughs> I think during the first race that was going on, there was. I don't know. I can't remember if they were actually there were some guys that were actually drinking beer while they were doing this like simulation driving. I'm pretty sure because that seems like a very NASCAR thing to do. With the, and that was like one of like the like hot takes thing was like, should they be allowed to do this? Like, Are they allowed to? Yeah. Are you allowed to play your PlayStation or Xbox and drink? Sure you can. Like they're not endangering anybody. <laughs> simulation. Yeah. Why there's no actual like lives at yeah. risk here. Video there was game. people getting upset on Twitter about it, and I was like, they're not endangering anybody's lives. <laughs> I don't I don't get why people are upset about this. Well, you know, people do anything, just as we will do anything to watch sports, people will do anything to debate sports, uh, like situations, topics. So they'll come up with the weirdest things and just say, this should be a problem, and then we can debate it on our show. People just love to complain. It's everyone's favorite pastime. Um, so last thing that, uh, sports related that we wanted to get to, um, ESPN has finally announced that they're going to push forward the release of their Michael Jordan documentary. Um, it's a 10 episode series, two hours per episode, I think. So like 
basically 10 movies that are two hours long. So 20 hours of MJ documentary starting on Xavier. What was the day of the first one? So, yeah, so it comes out April 19th, the first two. So it's going to be four straight hours of this thing. Yeah, for the first day. Mm -hmm. And then there's like five days of Yeah, uh, the 19th, the 26th, May 3rd, May 10th, and May 17th. So, I mean, from we've got we got a little teaser of it. How I don't remember how long ago they sent out like they released the like trailer, but it looked awesome. And and then it was supposed to come out this summer, I believe, after the NBA season. But because we don't have an NBA season, they're moving it up. No, it's supposed to come out next year. I'm pretty sure. Oh really? Yeah. Which I'm I'm curious. I it was if, supposed to be this summer. No, I think it was 2021. And. I can be wrong, but I think it's 2021, and I wonder if they were done with it, and they were just holding on to it until their set date, or if they had to rush anything, or if they're they're finished or not, so, because that'd be, either way, I'm excited to have uh, the, all these things to be able to watch pretty soon, because a lot of it's stuff we have yet to see before. Like exclusive interviews. Yeah. Exclusive, uh, yeah. Uh, e- e- Behind the scenes of Space Jam. New recordings of like in- the interviews that they conducted, as well as unseen footage from back then. Yeah, unseen I'm, footage of I him mean... at the blackjack table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that's going to be pretty exciting. Um and so glad that they were willing to push it forward for everyone because what else are we supposed to do? Um, everyone is dying to see this anyway. So glad that they were they were able to push it forward because, um, I mean, it's going to be – I think we're going to see some groundbreaking stuff in there. So it's on ESPN, and if you're not in this country, you can find it on Netflix. There you have so it. we have so we have that to look forward to, and we've got this NBA 2K tournament to look forward to. Um, but up next, Xavier, thank you for setting this up. We have an interview. We're about to play it with Jake Berger from the White Sox. Xavier, do you want to give a little intro of this and how you got it set up and uh, what how how you felt like this interview went? Oh yeah, so uh, Jake Berger, White Sox third baseman, uh, recently posted on so he he was going dark for a while on social media and he decided to just address why he was away from twitter and social media and put out a tweet discussing mental health and that his messages would be open for anyone just to talk so i had come across a few interviews with him and i i was like oh he would be kind of a cool get get to have on the show and we haven't talked to any baseball players yet so i shoot him a message and he was all in. We he, he ended up giving us a time. We spoke. I originally said 15, 20 minutes. We ended up going for, I think, 27 minutes. And yeah, it, it was didn't seem at over 25. That, it didn't seem at any point that he was, like, annoyed. Because he continued. Like, some of the things he added were him explaining. Yeah, he had some great stories for us to share that kind of just built off of questions we asked. And, yeah, it was great. And I, I was glad because he, since he had been doing a few other people's uh, 
podcasts for the White Sox and different uh, affiliates, he he expanded on things that were not yet said on either of those shows, which I was excited to have. And now I'm just glad. I hope everyone likes it, and here it is. Yeah, so we'll we'll play it right here. One one thing I wanted to say first is my favorite part of the interview was actually learning. I didn't know this before, but he grew up a White Sox fan, even though he grew up in um, St. Louis. Louis. He grew up a White Sox fan, so it was cool talking to him because Xavier and I are both White Sox fans. Learning more about, um, you know, hearing hearing that that he was a White Sox fan growing up, and now that he gets to, uh, um, he gets to play for the White Sox or at least hopefully I mean if we get to see this season ever pan out but he's he's like one of those next guys up um one of the prospects that they've been they've been grooming and getting ready so it was really cool to see to hear him talk about um you know how he was a fan of the White Sox and like what it means to him now that he gets to be a part of that organization so uh we'll put that in right here um and hope you guys enjoy all right, everyone. Today we have with us White Sox third baseman and first round pick from the 2017 MLB June Amateur Draft, Jake Berger. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. We're excited uh, f- for you. We're, we are both of us are huge White Sox fans and always yep. excited to be able to speak with players and hear their side. You're actually our first White Sox player on the show. Sweet. I'm happy to uh, do the honors. Uh, to begin, we're, we're very curious right now with not having sports and you're being a part of the White Sox, how that worked out. Like You're obviously down in spring training. Games were going on. You were getting your workouts in and hopefully going to pick up on a, a huge comeback season. What's the communication like? How soon did you know that you guys would have to stop training, your season would be pushed back? Yeah, no, it it happened really fast. Um, I mean, it felt like one day we were doing everything, like training, doing everything, and then, like, the next, it was basically completely shut down. Um, We had, like, a couple meetings and had heard some things, but, like, obviously those are all rumors. Um, But, like, there were still no signs of us, like, shutting down completely, and then... uh, we, I, I don't know what, what caused the, uh, the decision from, from the White Sox, but, um, and I think MLB kind of forced people to uh, get sent home, but, um, I was actually fortunate enough to be one of like the essential, um, athletes to like stay, um, because I was still going through some rehab stuff. Um, and obviously we had to keep it under like that. The CDC recommended like the 10 people, um, in, in a building. And so, it was under that, but um, I finally I got sent home last night uh, back to St. Louis. So um, I think they're trying to cut numbers down even more just to uh, stop the spread. Definitely. So when you went home, did you travel by car or plane? Uh, by plane. That was actually a really crazy experience. Um, got to the airport, like nobody was dropping anybody off. Like it was like free, like literally first desk that i saw was wide open like everything was wide open and then security took like two minutes tops uh yeah it was like it was weird because like i was kind of nervous like going to the airport you know like Mm -hmm. like, oh this is where like a lot of people are but it almost seemed like it was like safer than driving and like interacting at gas stations just because like 
there's like basically nobody on the flight and like yeah, it was it was weird. It was a weird experience for sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I've mostly been inside my house, but the few times I have traveled out and seeing some places completely empty and then others mm-hmm. still so many people not outside. And yeah. to see the airport images last mm-hmm. week seemed intense, but I think more people are taking it serious and less sure. travels being done. Definitely, definitely. Now now that you're home, how is your rehab going to look are are you do you have enough space or are you gonna ease it a little bit or trying to keep at your peak yeah so um i'm kind of like not really doing like rehab specific stuff anymore it's more just like running progression stuff so it's stuff that i can do at home and i think that's why i was kind of i was sent home um i have like a facility here that um couple of guys I played with in college um and one's an independent ball and one used to play pro ball uh with the Padres we kind of like have this facility to ourselves because a lot of places are shut down and so um it's a big like turf area where I can do my running we can take BP in this turf area and then they have a weight room so like everything's basically like it's basically what I was doing in Arizona and and now just in St. Louis while you were I lost my track here, but um, now that you're away from the team, what's the communication like? Are guys talking day to day? Are the coaches and uh, other personnel communicating with you guys, or is it like once a week? Is it just a text, email? Are you doing video chats? Um, right now, just because it's like so recent, um, what's well, been like a week and a half, two weeks maybe. Um. It's just been, like, a text from uh, Chris Getz every, like, couple of days. But I think, like, in the near future, I could see probably either a video call um, from, like, a strength coordinator or something like that. Um, and then – or, like, a text message, just, like, more person personal contact um, rather than just, like, a max uh, – like, a massive group text from, uh, from Chris Getz. Yeah, it's it's been very interesting how each like job in everyday life has been able to adjust because mm-hmm. some jobs like have to continue while baseball you want to you don't you want to be able to stay at your levels and be able to come back in even whether it's sometime this year or next year mm-hmm. but then you have like business jobs and hospitals that, are trying to find ways to continue as much as possible without uh, preventing harm to others. Yeah, no, that's that's really it's really interesting. Like a lot of my friends have uh, like computer coding uh, jobs and like you know, like website coding and like that's a little easier to be at home. But some of my friends are, are nurses, you know, and like they they have to go to the hospital, you know, because that's such an essential job. It's it's weird. It's weird dynamic, man. The weird times we're living in. It is that my co-host Tom here. He lucks out. His job is not coding it, but it's yeah. I'm an IT guy, so I I can work from home. It's nice and easy. Yeah, for sure. That's that's the nice thing about technology. Where like you can basically work from anywhere. Yep. Exactly. Now. Uh, we spoke about this. This was supposed to be a big year, and I know you spoke with both uh, James Fagan and from the Athletic, as well as Chuck Garfine, and a little bit about 
your posts and how you dealt with mental health these last couple of seasons coming back from two major injuries mm-hmm. and you opened yeah. up you decided to open up your dms at what point like how did you decide that like you you could help others through just being able to communicate um so i kind of looked at it like so I went dark kind of on Twitter, like social media all, all around, basically, where like no interaction for like six months, just kind of work on myself. And and I, there were some like things I definitely needed to work on. And so um, I think it was time for me to address uh, White Sox Nation, my family and friends, um, and just kind of get everything out there. And um, part of it was me wanting to reach out and show people that like they're not the only ones struggling especially in a time like we're dealing with now um you know anxiety's through the roof with a lot of people uh, you're cooped up inside and that's that's always tough for uh, people battling uh mental health uh, issues so um i think it was it was just kind of the right timing where i wanted to reach out and open up my dms for anybody that wanted to uh to talk and whether that be just like a supportive message or like somebody that needs advice, you know, I was always, I'm always going to be there for those people. And that was kind of like the the purpose behind the tweet. I think just like dealing with the last two years has been, it's been really tough, man. Like there, there's been so many different things um, from like having surgery, right? And surgery, yeah. 10 weeks later you, you tear it again. It's like, what, what are we doing? You know? Um, and, definitely like especially being on an island in arizona you're you're kind of more prone to like the depression anxiety because you're away from your family and friends you're away from feeling the love you know you just you can feel that through a computer screen or a phone only so much you know um so yeah it's just uh it's been a struggle but uh i definitely see see a light at the end of the tunnel and i just wanted to people to know that um if you if you stay in the fight against these problems um ultimately you're gonna you're gonna come out on top i think that's really powerful and uh we've kind of seen that you know i think it was last season kevin love um in the nba kind of uh reached out and and did an interview about mental health and i think it's really powerful having athletes like you and and him and um honestly just anyone in kind of that position of of people looking up to you talking about those things because um, it's something that a lot of people want to hide away and like not talk about. And so some, when someone um, in your position is willing to, uh, you know, talk about your experience and then share that with other people and open yourself up to conversations with others, I think that's really admirable because, um, you know, you can help a lot of people that way and, and kind of just almost destigmatize uh, some of those, those mental health issues. So um, sure. I mean, it's, it's great. Yeah. That, it's great of you to do that. I appreciate that. Yeah. The, uh, I don't know. That's, that's kind of, that's been on my mind for a while, just ending the stigma behind it. Um, I know a couple of people and my girlfriend's lost uh, a couple of friends to, uh, to depression. And so it's just, it, I don't know. It's always been on the forefront of my mind and I'm, I'm glad I get to use my platform where I can, can help people for sure. For your own, when you were, you obviously it, it continues. It's always a battle with, mental health what were obviously baseball can be an outlet but do you have any personal things you like to do to uh just cope with mental illness i know some people like to draw they write things like that that you might do 
Yeah, so I guess there are two things. Um, I mean, the first thing was like just like a chill video game with with my boys, like whatever that may be. Like that definitely helped me like get my mind off of things. Um, that that was kind of my release. And then the other thing I would say is just like calling like friends and family every day. It doesn't have to be the same person every single day. It could be the same person every day, but um, I just tried to like feel that love and and just feel that like support from them um, every day, you know, especially the days that are really tough. Um, Even to this day, you know, that's, that's kind of how I view it where it's like, if I feel myself kind of like, freaking out a little bit like feeling i don't know feel like my world is closing in i i try and reach out to friends and family and just ask them how they're doing and just feel comfort from them um so those were like the two two things that i would use um so some of the other ones we wanted to ask you about were from baseball you're from missouri and you stayed home and went to missouri state how many other teams we I'm always curious like how like the scouting of college coaches to the high school athletes and the different looks some people get underlooked was that did you have other uh schools that were looking at you yeah I had a few um Mizzou recruited me for a little bit um the main ones were like Missouri Valley teams um so I kind of felt like I was talking with my buddies today like in high school like I really wasn't like that good you know um I was just kind of like I was a solid player but I wasn't like first round type you know um and so I I definitely think I was a little underlooked and I think I kind of used that to my advantage like now you know like there's like zero expectations like you know, I went through two major surgeries. Um, and so like, I'm, I'm right where I feel comfortable, you know, as the underdog and like kind of the, the one that's kind of overlooked. Yeah. I think that helps a lot when like as much as you'd love to be the best right out of the gate, knowing you have the ability to do great things and knowing recognizing that kind of gives you that extra push to prove people wrong. I know, uh, I, 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 me and Tom probably both try to do that in our everyday lives as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that, having that chip on your shoulder definitely uh, it, it motivates you for sure. Uh, and so I was actually kind of curious about that. You know, some some of those uh, high school athletes or high school baseball players get looked at and get drafted right right into the pros. Um, so what was I mean, it's not necessarily that there was a decision to make, but what's it what's it look like with uh you know as you're progressing through your high school career, looking at um, getting scouted and then playing in college and getting scouted by the pros in college. Um, like, what's that kind of uh, process look like? And, and when did you kind of start to realize that, oh, I think, you know, you ended up being one of the top prospects in the draft. How, how did it kind of come about that you realized, like, oh, people were really looking at me as, as one of these, uh, the next guys to, to take over? Yeah, no, it's 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 a weird experience. I think both sides of it, um, like from the high school standpoint, uh, when when college coaches are recruiting you, it's it's weird because you got to think about not only baseball, but you have to think about academics. Like, what do I want to major in? Um, does this school offer that program? Uh, you got to think about a lot of other things, like distance away from home. Um, when when trying to make that decision. Um, but with the pro ball, 
um, and like pro scouts coming around, I, I think I kind of started to realize when I got asked to play on Team USA my sophomore summer, um, I'm like, okay, like everybody on Team USA last year got drafted like first seven rounds. And so like that's, that's kind of a big deal that I'm getting asked to play on this team. Um, and then like every team came um, in the fall of my junior year to like do interviews, do some like eye tests, some vision stuff, um, different things like that. And that's when it like got really serious where I'm like, okay, this is, this is a lot bigger deal than I think it is. And I never really looked at it where it's like, I have to, I have to perform to get, get drafted. You know, I was just kind of like, I want to play for my team. I want to try and get to the college world series, which we, we came up two games short and, and the super regional, but like, it was more about the team aspect and playing as hard as I can for the team. And I think a lot of, a lot of people get wrapped up in, in the draft where it's like, I got to press to do more, but it, in re- all reality, you just play your game and just like play like the last two years um, and play like it's your last season. You're going to be with these guys. I, I think that's a better, better way to look at it than looking at, Oh, I got to perform. So these scouts uh, know what they're getting. And I feel like that almost makes you uh, like a lot of the guys that end up being stars. It's, it's more about the love of the game than it is about, you know, impressing the people that you need to impress. So I almost feel like, um, you know, that's kind of the mindset you have to have. And I, um, I wonder how, how many people realize that or what, how long it takes to realize that, like you, you love the game and that's why you're playing. Not, uh, you want to see how far you can, it can take you in life. It's, it's more about like, I just want to keep playing baseball. Yeah, that's, I, I've seen multiple guys kind of spin themselves in the ground, um, thinking about like just like the money aspect and like the fame aspect instead of looking at it from just the love of the game and like that's what pro scouts are looking for i i think people need to understand that too it's like they're not just looking to see if you're a great player like they know you have the tools and if you go for four in front of them but you have a good mentality and you show support for your teammates not like kind of go in the corner and just like pout about your game like that's more telling than a four for four game um, and I think like that's important for a lot of people to realize um, that that it's more than just the game. It's more of it's a lot of the makeup too um, of the player. Being from uh, Missouri, the White Sox I've seen not far from home. What were your what was your team growing up and some of those players that you looked to be like? Um, so I grew up a White Sox fan. Paul uh, oh, Konerko was my favorite. Let's player. go. Uh, <laughs> yeah like <laughs> he's a midwest guy like played hockey you know I, I played hockey played baseball midwest like it, he just like resonated with me um and then like obviously jim tomey and then mark burley being from st louis um it was kind of like easy for me to root for the white Sox, and then they won the world series and i'm like this is it you know um and i always say like being in st louis like i, I still i love the cardinals like they're mm-hmm. It's, that's my NL team, you know? Yep. Um, and it's funny, like, I always say, like, the White Sox stole my heart first because they wanted no five and the Cardinals wanted no six. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and so, like, it, I still have great memories with the Cardinals. Like, Scott Rowland grew up in my dad's hometown, so, like, I always tried to, like, emulate him at third base. And then um, I, I went to the uh, 2011 David Walk, uh, David Freeze walk-off game. Like, oh. I was at that game, so yeah. it's like, 
hard not to have like some special feeling for the Cardinals as well. Yeah, uh, playing third base actually. I was so excited when we drafted a third baseman because we've always had someone at the position because obviously you got to fill the void. But for a long time, uh, some even say Jim uh, Joe Creedy was our last like solid everyday person. So to, to yeah. watch you hopefully step up these next couple of years to fill that is pretty exciting to see. For sure, yeah. I, that's what like I think a lot of people don't understand about me is like. I, I care about defense just as much as I care about the play, you know. Um, that's, like, kind of how my dad raised me to, like, play. Um, if you can't perform at the plate, you got to perform somewhere else, you know. Um, my dad, like, kind of talks about, like, taking somebody, like, to, to a high school dance. Like, you can't be a jerk and a bad dancer at the same time, you know, because that's going to be a terrible date. But, like, if you can do one or the other, that then – that's a that's a great date so um he kind of like applied that life rule to uh to baseball and it's like if if you can't if you're not hitting right now like if you're on a bad slump if you're making unreal defensive plays like you're contributing somehow so uh yeah i love playing defense so as you were saying uh you grew up a white Sox fan obviously just be being in the mlb is a dream come true but is is there like a little added pressure that you're playing for the team you grew up loving? Is is there like you just want to perform that much better because it's the White Sox? Not so much. Uh, just like playing for them. Like I think it's just cool in itself. Like being able to play for them. Not many people get to say they're playing for for their childhood team. Um, obviously, I think the more pressure comes from just like being the first rounder and like having those extra pressures from that and like being more pursued by media and whatnot um i think that's where like the pressure sets in but like honestly that hasn't really been a problem you know i think that's where there's like depression anxiety thoughts like come in like during during my rehab because it's like there's so many people relying on me and i need to get back like because i'm the first rounder like all those thoughts and it's like that's that's just kind of in your head. You just gotta gotta do do what's best for you, and um, everything will take care of itself. I have uh, just two more questions. I was curious. So, on with Chuck Garfine, you talked about uh, Sprite and how you're a big Sprite fan. <laughs> is that is that really your go-to at uh, when you're out to eat? Well, if you're not drinking water or any of these other things, is it really Sprite, or do you have other favorites? Wow. I would say Sprite's probably, like, if I really want to get, like, a soda, like, I would get probably a Sprite. Um, like, a Dr. Pepper is a close second. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, typically, like, a lemon water, oh, my God. Like, I can crush that. I can crush, like, five <laughs> glasses of lemon water in, like, no time. I, I, was, I was laughing at the part when you talked about how your parents would give you uh, a sprite and what was it? Cr- sprite and crackers, and you would get whenever you're sick. I was like, yep, that's what that's what uh, yeah. my mom does too. That's yep, exactly. That's, like, all right, that's that's all the medicine you need. <laughs> that's the cure. It's funny. I Xavier knows I I drink Mountain Dew. Uh, that's my drink. But for the first time in probably like ten years today, I was drinking Sprite. It's wild that. Um, I just happened to drink some Sprite the day that I got to talk to Jake Berger, who loves Sprite. <laughs> That's hilarious. That, uh, <laughs> so, 
funny story about Mountain Dew. My dad uh, coached like my little league teams, and anytime like somebody on the team, including myself, like forgot something at the field, like he would make that person the next day bring a bag of pretzels and a Mountain Dew for him because he like <laughs> pick, picked up like the equipment and, and brought it the next day. That's awesome. <laughs> And I think I, I thought that was a really funny story. I, for our last question, it, uh, I'm always interested in who people are close with on the team and like uh, what we see online. Are they like the same as they are in the game? Who who are you the closest with on the team? Whether it's a guy on the major league team or the teams that you have either played with. Uh, in the in the past, whether it's college or the, mm-hmm. someone in the White Sox organization. Yeah, so um, I would say college-wise, like Justin Paulson, he's played with the Padres. Um, is probably my best friend from that. Um, and then Jeremy Ironman, who plays with the Athletics right now, he's the second rounder in the 18 draft. Um, but I would say, like with the with the White Sox, I would say probably Dane Dane Dunning, Jimmy Lambert. Um, Ryan Burr and Nikki Delmonico um, are probably like four of my closest friends. Um, I would say like obviously I like hanging out with like Zach Birdie um, and then like JB Olson and Andre Davis are kind of like and Evan Skog I guess are like uh, some of the minor league guys. So um, yeah, like we have a, we have a good collection of crew and like Dane and I like. We've been rehabbing for basically the same amount of time, so um, we've had a lot, lot of chances to just have like conversations about life in general, and um, we definitely like have grown a lot closer over the last two years, um, even more so than we were before my injury. So um, that's been an awesome relationship to have. And then Jimmy uh, and and Burr, like we went over to England um, in December and went to. Uh, Tottenham game, like a Manchester City game and a Liverpool game, and um, those are like the soccer fans. So, like, we want to take a trip like next year too, if all this stuff settles down, um, and go to like some German uh, games, like a Bayern Munich or like a Dortmund type game. So, um, I would say those. I don't know how many names I just said, but <laughs> all of those guys are are really close to me for sure. Um, I got one one last question. Sorry. Uh, one last question. Um, obviously, you know, all off season, all throughout the winter, you're, um, you guys are training, obviously. But what's it like coming into when spring training starts and everyone shows up in Arizona? Like, I, I imagine it being like the Sandlot where they like all the buddies are coming back together to play baseball. Like, what's that like? The feeling of like spring training is here. All the guys are back and we get to play baseball again. What's that like? It's it's almost like I don't. It's like opening presents like you're like oh my god like i i get to play like this is gonna be awesome like i get to hang out with my boys again um it's fun like uh, there's not really anything to describe it it's it's like you're getting getting the season going again like getting to do the sport you love um obviously like you need those couple months to kind of like calm down from the season and, and reset like the mind and body but um no, that's always like a really fun day. Um, and they like it comes in spurts too, right? Like there's a pitcher's mini camp like beginning of February, hitters mini camp like beginning of or middle of February and like so 
like there's always new faces like every week and you're like oh dope like i haven't talked to this guy a little bit like i can't wait to catch up so um, christmas every week getting everybody back definitely no it's such a bummer the circumstances we're all living through but the faster we listen to the what needs to be done the faster we can get to baseball which hopefully soon we don't know but Mm -hmm. i appreciate you giving us a lot of time i bet I bet we could go much longer, but I don't want to steal any more of your time. On behalf of Tom, our other co-host who's not here, Nick, and myself, Xavier, we thank you so much for coming on. Jake Berger. Thank you so much. All right. And that was the interview with Jake Berger. Um, moving out of sports and into the world of pop culture and entertainment, um, I watched Ford vs. Ferrari last week. That was one of the movies on the list that you guys told me. Um, I need to see. So now that I've seen that one, we can about it. Um, Nick, did you, I think you gave us your score on this one already, but could you remind us of what your score for um, Ford versus Ferrari was? I'll, I'll start with mine just because I was the one that yeah, just I'm watched most recently, but I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I gave it an 83, which is one higher than the Joker. I gave an 82, um, both good movies. But it was hard to compare them because they're such wildly different stories and such wildly different genres. Um, But I would still say I enjoyed Ford vs. Ferrari from beginning to end, just like I did The Joker. Um, Obviously, there was very different stuff happening. And and so, um, you know, you're not necessarily, uh, you know, I, I would say even though it's only one point higher, that doesn't mean I only liked it that much more. I think I significantly enjoyed it more. But, you know, just based on the the rating, that's what I gave it. Um, really enjoyed the story was really interesting. Cause, um, so I watched it with my dad and both my brothers and, um, we've kind of, my dad's always been a car guy. He likes, he likes, uh, you know, old cars and he kind of, while we were growing up would, we would kind of, we kind of grew up liking old cars too. So that movie was fun to watch because we were like, like mesmerized by all these cool cars that they were talking about and they were building the, uh, the Ford. And so really enjoyed that, that movie. And, uh, it was I, yeah, 83 overall is what I gave it. Nick, what'd you, what'd you give it overall? Um, you gave it an 83. I just looked on my on the movie rankings I have in a Google uh, spreadsheet. I gave it an 84, so only one point okay. higher than you. Yeah. Basically echoing everything that you said, um, I thought one of the things that really blew me away about this um, movie was the sound. The sound, the way that they had the cars and i didn't even watch this in a theater this was just at my house and you could just tell the sound was like next level it sounded extremely accurate and very you just made you feel like you were in the cars when they were driving which i yeah. thought was so cool and it tells a t- tells a great story about um everything that went on during that time um how this was a way that um car manufacturers in america kind of were able to put themselves at the top for a while with the luxury car brand. So that was pretty cool. Um, uh, overall, I, I really thought this was a really good movie. So that's, that's pretty much what I got on it. And Xavier, how about you? I forget what I get. Mine was much higher. I think harsh. I think I was 86 or 87. I, I recall, but I, I like any, uh, nonfiction, movie i like stuff that's historical historical um a lot of great 
I thought Christian Bale was great in it. I I didn't know much background going into it, but I looked up some things and the way he's been able to portray so many of these characters by uh, his facial expressions, uh, his little antics, and the way he moves, as well as I and I, I enjoyed. Obviously, I, I love Cars ever since I was little, so I'm just was mesmerized by that. The one thing I thought was kind of wild was to think these cars are going 200 plus miles. I know I think I briefly talked about this when we were on our last show up at school, yeah. and they were they went that speed and they would take those turns. I don't, I am surprised more people were lo- not lost by it. Yeah, so I agree with that. Uh, what you just said there with the um. The way Christian Bale portrayed this character, Christian Bale is an insanely good actor. He's been able to, like, he, like, shapeshifts for his roles. Obviously, he played Batman and, like, that, the Bruce Wayne thing, and he was great in that. But the way he can go, like, his performance in The Fighter, you talked about that when when we were last in the studio, too. Um, He, like, he, like, turns into these characters rather than just trying to portray them. He, like, becomes them, and it's really incredible. So I thought that added a lot to this movie of him um, really, like, becoming the character. And, and you really, like, it was hard to even say, like, that's Christian Bale. Like, he just did such a good job. So that added to it even more, like, um, making it such a enjoyable movie, I think. He's gone from skinny wrestler dudes and Dick Eklund to... Uh, Batman to the guy in Ford vs. Ferrari to one of his more recent roles where he played Dick Cheney, a heavier set politician. So he, he does it all. He does it all. Quick shot Professor Marzovka. This time I remember uh, Lee Iacocca. Yeah, Lee also- Iacocca in the movie. I remember mm-hmm. nudging my dad. I was like, Dad, I learned about this in school. <laughs> dad just was like, cool. But I remember. Now now the name sticks. I, I don't think I'll forget it. So yeah, and then um we what's I think there's one movie left. Nineteen seventeen is the only movie left on my list that that uh I've been told to see. So yeah, I that's get gonna be the one this week. I was about to watch it this weekend, but I chose to do my schoolwork for once. Or attempt oh, to. Man. So but you this, haven't seen nineteen seventeen yet? No. Uh, it's That's the one. All right, so we got to watch that next week because or by before next this. week. Cuz that Nick, you would say that's the best one of them all, wouldn't you? Or you enjoyed it the most? Um, yeah, that would be the one that I enjoyed the most out of the, all the ones we've uh, yeah, discussed previously, so, yeah. So I'm saving the best for last. So look out next week for that. I will have watched 1917 by then. Xavier, hopefully you have um and we can talk about that one next week. Yeah, I also watched it in theaters which Maybe we'll make a difference, but I doubt it. Um, yeah, uh, in we'll theaters, the, the sound sure really gets you. Yeah, great. It, was, yeah. it was awesome. It, it's, yeah. it's, it really is. It's great. So definitely highly recommend watch for our show next week. All right. So look out for that next week. Um, thank you for tuning in. Hopefully everyone enjoyed the Jake Berger interview. Um, sorry there isn't more sports to talk about, but – We had this much, and we'll try to keep bringing the content to you. We'll keep reaching out for more interviews. Hopefully, we've got more people lined up. And um, thank you, everyone, for listening. NXT Episode 22. uh, And that's it. We're out.